Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Santiago. Monday, Monday, Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Edge of the NFL. I'm so glad that you can join me on a beautiful Monday afternoon, November the 16th, 2020. We're almost there to Thanksgiving. I can't believe it that you know, with all the things that are going on this year with the pandemic and everything, we're already at the end of the year already. So glad for you for y'all to join me. Uh, welcome to the Edge of the NFL. This is your show, uh, the show of shows, the voice of the NFL. And I'm so excited to have another episode ready to go. So let's start with uh, last night. Big, big game uh last night between the New England Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens the Baltimore Ravens come up short against the New England Patriots the Patriots pulling a big upset last night in which a lot of uh NFL experts and a lot of uh media and everything believed that Baltimore was going to run away with this game uh so foreshadowing of what happened the year before last year was last year ladies and gentlemen this is a new year. Last year, when Baltimore played New England in Maryland, it was a different story. It was a, the two biggest questions. Can Lamar Jackson play pretty good against the number one defense that year? And the answer was yes. Lamar Jackson just annihilated New England 37-20. to 20. Um, By the time that Bill Belichick and... Uh, and and company uh, slowed down the uh, Lamar Jackson late in the fourth quarter. It was too late. I mean, Lamar Jackson was just on fire. Uh, this team was literally on a whole nother level. And it was a statement game for the Ravens, which tells them we're here. Now we go to this year. It's the same Lamar Jackson with a little bit of a better defense than last year. And... It's still the biggest question of this. Um, still been the biggest question throughout the last three years. And that is, can Lamar Jackson win big games? You know what? It's really amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Lamar Jackson is 22-1 against the rest of the NFL. He's 22-1. He has beaten... 22 NFL teams. He has beaten them. He's gone big time with them. The only team that he has not beaten is the Chiefs. And here we are in in a new year. And you're in the Sunday night football lights. And everybody's expecting you're the NFL's MVP. And you're they're expecting you to come into Foxborough. And just shut that place down, shut everybody up, and tell them, you know what? The Patriots dynasty, it's over. You've given Bill Belichick and New England hope. I mean, all of a sudden, New England looks really back into form. And, you know, I mean, I don't know my uh, heart on it. Because at the end of the day, New England still has the Rams. They still have... 
um, Miami, which has all of a sudden gone really good. The Bills in their schedule. And, you know, I just can't see where this is going. But all of a sudden, New England is back on the race. This is no longer a six-seeded team. I mean, New England can go as a 9-7, third place in the division and still make the playoffs. But the one thing that has really concerned me to this day has been Lamar Jackson, ladies and gentlemen. Big games, big lights, big media. He cannot win big games. He had a big control against the Steelers two weeks ago, and he let it slip away. He literally got mauled by the Chiefs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes just mauled the Ravens' defense, which was upgraded in order to play big games big time against teams like him. And they got mauled on Monday Night Football. And all of a sudden, here we go with the Patriots. Now... This is not a Tom Brady-led team. This is not a a team that is really healthy because Devon Gilmore is out with COVID. But when it comes to where we're at right now, it's that it's still a football team that is really darn good with Bill Belichick. And not only that, it's because also, as you can also think about this, ladies and gentlemen, it's a dynasty team that has won six Super Bowls in the last two decades of the NFL. So everybody was talking about two weeks ago, well, the dynasty's over, and everything, all of a sudden they have won, they're on a two-game winning streak, and, you know, a lot of football left, you know, with nine games uh, already in the, in the brag, but, you know, with seven games left, and, you know, New England is still alive in this division. But I'm still concerned about Lamar Jackson. You still got to play big man again. And next week you got a revenge game it's basically on every Ravens fan it's revenge next Sunday against the Tennessee Titans and when we talk about what New England did running the football for 150 total yards yesterday what do you think is going to happen when Derrick Henry hits that field it's going to be January all over again and I'm not just saying this because Tennessee Titans are my favorite football team but I saw literally cracks on that on that defense and I said to myself Derrick Henry is probably watching this game and saying well I thought this was going to be a scary team to face next week I mean we're on the hump since we lost to the Colts on Thursday so I mean there's a lot of a lot of questions coming in for next Sunday it's a lot of pressure for this young man to I mean this, you know he's the NFL's MVP and and all, but you know, this is where now you have to play because a lot of people in the media are looking at Patrick Mahomes and say, well, wait a minute. In 2018, Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns, won NFL MVP in the following year. Even all the everything that happened, what happens? He goes on and wins the Super Bowl. So that's what they're expecting now from um Lamar Jackson, because, you know, you won MVP, you're the Madden 21 NFL player cover of the Xbox and PlayStation, so now they're expecting you to be the man. But when you're losing to the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Chargers, when I say the Chargers, I mean 2018, 
and you, you know you're losing big games every time you play a big fo football game you lose there's a lot of concerns I mean everybody expected you to be the man that was gonna destroy New England yesterday and all these little hopes I mean New England won Monday night against the Jets Everybody was like, well, they played pretty ugly against an 0-9 team. There's no way. They're gonna... There's no way. And then all of a sudden, New England looked dominant yesterday. They showed basically the game... I mean, Bill Belichick took Mike Rabel's, Mike Rabel's uh, game plan from January and said, and we're going to install this against this team, and it worked pretty, pretty good. Run the football against that defense. Tire him out. Have Lamar not be on that field. And just pressure him. And it worked, ladies and gentlemen. So now we go on to... Uh, the question is... Next week, Lamar has to play better. I, I mean, as a fan of the Titans, I'm saying, please, play like crap. But, um, you know, it's a lot of pressure next week. Because a lot of Raven fans are saying, you need to get on this team. This is the team that... Was the sixth seed of the AFC last year, and they went to our house and they whooped us. They spanked us big time. We need revenge. We need to play him better. So, what is Lamar Jackson going to do? It is all up to him. So now, as we move to the next segment of our uh, football edge. Um, so we go to our next segment here right now. Look, I don't know about y'all, but I am really, really getting into the, um, bandwagon of Kyler Murray. A lot of people have been, well, he's, you know, just showing his first year and everything. But listen, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you something about Kyler Murray. Is that I am really in, into this whole bandwagon. Because a lot of people thought that this was just a short young man. Who was not going to play pretty well. I mean everybody thought, oh Baker Mayfield, look at him. But you know what's really to, to the jaw drop? Is that... Baker Mayfield is playing decent this year, but Kyler Murray has been playing great football for the last two years. Even as a rookie, he played tremendous. So it kind of puts you into that, what is going on? Let's, we have two segments of this part. We got the Cardinals and the Bills. The biggest question for every single analyst when it comes to... Um, uh, the Cardinals is where do the Cardinals go from here? They have played two big games. Two big games. And that has been against Seattle. They were in the Sunday Night Football Lights. And Kyler Murray came from a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter to tie the game, to send the game to overtime. The Cardinals' defense really got hot in the end of the game to intercept Russell Wilson and it led to um, the victory. 
in an overtime for the Cardinals. But then here's the thing that we get to. That as now here we go with the Bills. The Bills are the leading AFC East division leader right now. They have been playing uh, hot football. They've been playing really good. Last week they annihilated the Seahawks. They dominated the Seahawks, and then it gets to the point where you're just like, oh my goodness, you know, you know that's where Bills are just waking up. You know, after that whole thing that happened against Tennessee, you know, it was just a uh, just a mirror, mirror, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, we get to, um, to the point where you have to, um, look at them as contenders or pretenders. Here's the thing now. All of a sudden, this team is contenders for a Super Bowl. Yeah, they are. Why shouldn't they be? For the last um, year and a half, the biggest question was that will Kyler Murray be the guy for this organization? Since Kurt Warner led this team to a Super Bowl in 2008, the only time that the Cardinals ever got close to anything was um, was that was 2015 when they played uh, uh, Green Bay and Carolina in the playoffs. And You know, I, 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 you know, ever since the Carson Palmer and Bruce Arian, you know, it's been the closest thing that this team has ever gotten. And at the end of the day, you know, it, it could be the, um, the closest that ever they've gotten. And then, of course, Carson Palmer and everybody just starting to uh, really not be the same football team as they were, which led to Palmer retiring. Bruce Arian had nobody to basically be the um basically the next man up and of course Cardinals made a strong decision to um uh making the um decision that Bruce Arian was going to be let go and um you know it, it really was a strong decision that you kind of uh, a lot of people were like, well, you know, um, was really not the best, uh, decision, but at the end of the day, you know, we were seeing the, um, decision that, that, uh, it was a good decision, um, because now we see the, you know, where the Cardinals are right now. And, um, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited, you know, I, I've been saying that one thing Kyler Murray had to, um, really, um, you know, basically just fix was his 
setting his feet. You know, when he was throwing the football, he wasn't setting his feet. And, um, well, now he's uh, he's made, made sure that he sets his feet. And I'm really, really am proud of this young man, you know, because not many football players take their time to, um, hey, you know, we're going to work on our stands. We're going to work on on things on the off season, you know, only legends work on their progress of where they want to be. And at the end of the day, you know, Kyler Murray, there's this young man, he started um watching film and um it's been exciting. Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. <laughs> Aren't you worried, Buffalo fans? Have you seen this film before? I have. How many times Buffalo has been show signs of greatness and they can be anywhere and anything and any time and then all of a sudden all of a sudden they're just fading. They faded and um, I'm just you know I, I've been talking about this for the last two weeks. How real are they? And last week, everybody was like, oh, my God, they're super real. They're the team to beat, you know, and la, 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 and all. But I'm just like, okay. But here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. They've lost to teams that are literally going to show up in the playoffs. They haven't had a statement game. I mean, I cannot say anything yet about Tennessee Titans because right now they're playing... Uh, Who's going to lead the South with the Indianapolis Colts after the last Thursday's performance? But they got spanked against the Tennessee Titans in week five. Then two weeks later, they played the Chiefs on a Monday afternoon. And they literally got dominated by Patrick Mahomes. And everybody was like, oh my God, they beat Russell Wilson last week. Oh my God, this team is so good. And then all of a sudden, they play Kyler Murray from the NFC and the Cardinals. And all of a sudden, the Cardinals are literally in control. I have literally said so many times that I've seen this film before. And I just don't like... When this team fades away in the end. But it's going to happen. They got to play better against the Chiefs. They got to play better against the Titans. You're going to see probably Miami down the road. And Miami, and we're going to talk about Miami and later on in the statement. They got to play better against... Miami and all these other teams are going to probably show up in January. Where do you want to go from here, Buffalo? Because the man to beat is my homeboy. And you got to show up against him. If not, he's going to tear you apart like he did a couple of weeks ago. So, yesterday shows that, okay, you guys can lead down the field and Score with less than 30 seconds, 51 seconds to go. But the thing is, is that you got to play better defense. Because if when I look at that Hail Mary that DeAndre Hopkins got, 
I'm looking at a guy who basically, you know, it's two things. You got Larry Fitzgerald on the on this X uh, route, and you got, of course, Kyler, uh, excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins in the Z route. So we know that one of these two guys is the go-to. So you're playing prevent coverage with a cover two um, route. And the thing is, is that you don't press neither of these guys. Neither of them are pressed. If you watch the Hail Mary film, look at this. I mean, I'm watching it right now. You look at this. You got separation on DeAndre Hopkins. What? What are you doing? You got separation on Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, did, did, did anybody learn from Green Bay doing this to them? In I mean, probably Cardinals learned from that mistake they did in 2015 where Aaron Rodgers threw two big passes late in the fourth quarter to lead the, the Packers to a overtime, uh, um, well, not an overtime victory, but basically lead the team to overtime. And, um, and here we are, here's Kyle Murray, and, and look at that, like, DeAndre just blew the first guy out of coverage, oh lord, and then you see one, two, three guys on DeAndre, it doesn't matter, there's a touchdown, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm watching this Hail Mary, and I'm saying to myself, this is where Buffalo was just like, what are you thinking, Games like these really show what you're going to show up in the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. And if you guys don't show out or show in at all, I mean, then you have uh, a lot of problems coming. Because you know what? Mahomes is going to be there. The Raiders are showing signs of being good this year. And, oh, God. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I will have to uh, pause this podcast and... Uh, Give me a sec. And, you know, the thing is, is that you, you, you're going to play teams like these and you have to show up, you know. So I would be worried, Buffalo fans, because all of a sudden the Dolphins are winning five games in a row. They're right behind them. And then the Patriots, after last night's victory over the Ravens, I mean, they're still in the hunt for all this. So... Uh, tune in uh, tonight, Monday Night Football, ladies and gentlemen, Vikings and the Bears. Two teams that are trying to basically get in the hunt and continue to play for a division. Uh, any not, not with the division, of course, the Bears are in right there with it and get back into the winning circles of of the NFC North. So, what happened to the Bears, ladies and gentlemen? Can someone explain to me what happened to this team? I mean, they benched Mitch Trubisky, even though, I mean, one game he played, one game that he played really bad, and they were losing 20 to nothing. I understand that. One game, he was playing horrible, and then all of a sudden, you bring in um, 
you know, of course you bring Nick Foles and all, and then all of a sudden you decide to start him because he led the comeback. I mean, congratulations, but then all of a sudden, what has Nick Foles done? They've lost, they've lost, they've lost. They lost to Tennessee last week. They lost Heartbreaker two weeks ago. And all of a sudden, they are 2-4 and four since benching Mitch Trubisky. This was a team that was literally fighting with Green Bay for the NFC North. And all of a sudden, that whole thing just faded away. Now, here's the thing, though. Aren't you guys excited that you're playing a guy named... Uh, Kirk Cousins, who is literally winless on Monday Night Football. I mean, he hasn't won a Monday Night Football game, so it didn't matter if he's at home or on the road. It doesn't matter where he goes. He loses games. He literally loses on Monday Night. So I bet the Bears are a little confident about this. They're probably like, ooh, we're playing Kirk Cousins. It's on today. So... There's excitement there for the Bears to get back on the winning edge, but you know you gotta play, um, play better and start playing uh, to show. Because you know here's the thing. I mean the the Vikings are playing to catch up. You know they they still believe that they can catch up and play basically good football and start playing uh, tremendous as the season progresses. And of course. And there was cracks yesterday to Green Bay because they played like crap against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So there's 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 hope, ladies and gentlemen. So everybody thought the Packers were gonna have a coronation in Lambeau, and all of a sudden they play like there was no tomorrow. So we'll we'll see what um and um So we'll see that what will happen. Um, so let's see here. We have the segment of the Rams and the Seahawks. So did anybody ever saw this one coming? I mean, the Rams. For the last four years, have not had a dominant defense where, you know, playing teams like Seattle or, you know, Arizona or anything, you know, they haven't, you know, they don't go and basically say, hey, you know what, they're going to play the best football game ever. When it comes to... Um... The Rams, you know, I mean, they've never had a good defense in the beginning with. I mean, yeah, Aaron Donald is one of the best defensive players in the world right now. and But that's it. That's all that this defense has really been named of after Akita Lee retired. And, and all, you know, and of course you had 
the great Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator, but all of a sudden you literally have nothing else anymore because basically Sean McVay felt like Wade Phillips was washed up. He didn't have it anymore. So he moved on from him. I mean, which was a big mistake. I mean, the Broncos organization made a big mistake of getting rid of Wade Phillips because they wanted to keep more defensive players. So now here we are with he goes to the Rams and he leads them to the Super Bowl along with Sean McVay as a head coach. Sean McVay's offense, which is explosive, is one of the best in the NFL right now. And and, and I'm saying to myself, oh my goodness, this has been one of the biggest seasons as a coach. And um, But in the end, it led to, you know... Bill Belichick and Tom Brady winning their sixth Super Bowl. They play like crap. It was one of the most boring Super Bowls I ever watched in ever. And in the end, the prevailing moments was that Tom Brady walks out with his sixth ring. And, of course, Jared Goff played like he was a third-string quarterback. I mean, that's, who, that's what you're going to get when you play Bill Belichick. We're going to take your best offensive weapon and we're going to get it against you. You can ask Patrick Mahomes. didn't matter if Patrick Mahomes beat the Patriots big time this early year. I mean, he struggled in that first half. There's something about Bill Belichick that he will literally take your best weapon and use it against you. It has worked. It has worked against the Steelers. You know, everybody was like Antonio Brown this, Antonio Brown that, and... You hardly saw the name Antonio Brown when they played the uh, the Patriots. Then the same with Kansas City. You know, well, if you take Tyreek Hill, if you pressure Mahomes or anything, and he did just that. And now here we are with this young man, Jared Goff. He's having an MVP year. Sean McVay looking like the coach of the year and everything. And then they get to the Super Bowl, and they look flat. So, here they are yesterday playing the Seahawks and Russell Wilson in his MVP year. But then all of a sudden, it wasn't just the Rams offense that was clicking. It was actually the Rams defense that literally got to Wilson. You hardly see Russell Wilson play this soft. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but... He really didn't play good at all. Um, you know, it, it has been one of those things that you have to... I mean, as a Seahawk fan, you have to be a little concerned. They played really horrendous, ladies and gentlemen, for the last three weeks. I mean, they have not played significant football where you just say, hey, they're going to be one of the biggest uh, threats. Everything. I mean, they started along with Tennessee and the Steelers. They started 5-0. and They were on their way and all. And then all of a sudden they played Kyler Murray and the Cardinals and they lost to them. And it was the first game where I saw the struggle of 
basically Russell Wilson. I said it last week, ladies and gentlemen, after they lost to the Bills. It doesn't matter if you have the number one offense in the NFL, if your defense is not going to show up. You can ask Peyton Manning that, you can ask Tom Brady that, you can even ask Patrick Mahomes that. These three quarterbacks had the number one offense one year, and they either lost in the Super Bowl or they lost in the AFC Championship. Heck, you can ask the 1998 uh, Minnesota Vikings, 15-1, number one offense in the NFL. Rookie Randy Moss, Randall Cunningham having his year, biggest year of his career. You got Chris Carter catching big passes. The defense, you know, it didn't matter. You know, they were the kind of team that, well, style points don't matter. As long as we get the W, we're good. If you if we score more than you, that's it. We're going to win. And, you know, I remember John Randall saying, you know, it doesn't matter if we we're going to win the game 35-33. As long as we have those two points more than the other opponent, it's going to matter. And at the end of the day, it didn't matter for most of the time, but then they face Atlanta, and then everything changed. Seattle's having a great year on offense. Biggest number one offense in the NFL. But they have not played Hawk football that they know they can play. And there's a lot of concern. I said it last week that this is a team that if they face Green Bay or anybody else in the NFC they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle big time. And, you know, the only thing that Seattle can do is pray that they can play a team like Philadelphia in the wild card or anything like that because it looks like this is where this team is going. Looks like Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are getting over the hump and maybe they're going to fight with the Rams and the Seahawks for who's going to go to the number one, number two seed. Screen Bay is number one right now, but number two, I'll got to give it to the Cardinals, maybe, if Seattle does not start playing better. And as a fan of the Seahawks, you guys have to be worried. Because if this is where it's going to go, then there's no excitement then. It's going to be another year, you're going to go to the playoffs, another year where Russell Wilson's going to have a winning season. But when they get to the playoffs, they're going to just not play better. So, we'll see where this goes. It's not looking good for Rams fans and uh, not looking good at all. So, we move on to our next segment. We have two more segments uh, left in this uh, amazing show of shows here in uh, the edge of the NFL. Glad, glad you guys have joined us. As always, you know, I love, uh, you know... Um, just talking to you guys, hey, you know, thank God the Cowboys are on the bye week. We don't have to talk about them, right? Um, but we have to talk about the NFC lease. So, ah, lordy. The Eagles, ladies and gentlemen. When it comes to the Eagles, they're one of the worst football teams playing right now the whole NFC East 
is playing like crap. When a team is 2-7, and seven, you're kind of saying to yourself, well, there's not going to be any hope or anything like that. But you know what's really ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen, is when a 2-7 and seven Dallas Cowboys still have hope to even be in the playoffs. You know what's really ridiculous is that one of these teams are either going to finish 6 and 10, 5 and 11, 7 and 9, 8 and 8, it doesn't matter. I don't think they're going to be an 8 and 8 football team in this division. I mean, because of the way that this is looking. But you know, it's just ridiculous. A team that is 2 and 7 still has hope. I mean, We've seen the, this twice in the NFL. Who can forget 2008 uh, when the Chargers were 4-8. and eight. They looked like they were done. They're not going to make the playoffs and everything. But then all of a sudden, you, you see Denver losing uh, three games in a row. And they lose to you week 17 on Sunday Night Football eh? You lose the division. The Chargers make the playoffs. We see this in 2012, 2011, I think it was actually 2010. I think it was 2010 when Seattle won the NFC West with a 7-9 record. So, and they beat the Saints. We all remember the Marshawn Lynch touchdown run, the earthquake in Seattle. Um, and, um... It you know, and now here we are. Another year looks like we're gonna see a five and eleven, six and ten, or a seven and nine team make the NFC East playoff. It's ridiculous. I mean, I I I, I this is disgusting. You know, why would anybody want that? You know, but that's the things you get with all the things that are going on with COVID. I mean. Hey, you got to kind of get into the point where you just got to say, hey, you know what? It is what it is. And it looks like there's a lot of trauma heading into the final seven weeks of this season. When it comes to the Eagles, what else do they need to really get to the point where their head coach will say, Carson, you're playing like crap. You're not playing good at all. We need you to sit down. What more are you waiting for? I mean, two years ago, this organization made the strongest decision ever. And it was the choice between Carson Wentz or Nick Foles. Nick Foles lead, him, lead this organization to their first championship. This city is first championship. And what did they do? Nick, I'm sorry, you have to go. They chose Carson Wentz. And since 2017... We have not seen Carson Wentz play better or anything that he looked in 2017. Nothing. 
ever since that is ever since then he has not played at all anything near perfection now they have Jalen Hurts right back there in the in the background somewhere in the backup area of the quarterback and I'm telling you for the love that is all that's holy they need to make a decision with this quarterback because when you're giving a team named Dallas Cowboys the New York football giants or the Washington football team a little but more than anything not even a little a pulse not even a pulse a chance not even a chance a much given opportunity than ever To make the playoffs with a losing record is one thing that, you know what, will be forever remembered in team history. They need to make a decision because when I see teams like um, Lamar Jackson's, the Dolphins, and all these teams that have drafted all these running quarterbacks and they've been really playing really good, you're kind of asking yourself, you know what, Jalen Hurts, is, he played for Nick Saban, he's played... Uh, for the Oklahoma football team, I mean, and, and whatever decision or whatever, whatnot may be, happen, happen, you know, he didn't win a national championship as a, excuse me, as a Sooner, but he has championship material with Nick Saban. Doug Peterson needs to make a decision pretty fast. Coach Peterson, you need to make a decision pretty fast. Because your chances of winning this division is fading away. Fading pretty fast. I mean, and everything has been the question is that what is going to happen? I mean, is he just struggling as a, as a quarterback because the offensive line or anything? And it doesn't matter. You know what's really, it's the most scary thing that is that you had a Sunday night football game against Dallas. And you played four, you had four turnovers in that game. You're lucky your defense played tight defense for 60 minutes. Because if not, we would have seen the Giants, uh, excuse me, the Cowboys pull the upset on Sunday night football in Philly. Jerry Jones, you know, he's probably saying it doesn't matter if this football team are 2-7. and seven. I believe that that Mike will lead us to the NFC East championship division title. I believe in this football team. It doesn't matter if we don't have Dak Prescott and all. Well, you know what? Uh, I cannot say that Mr. Alzheimer Express is wrong on that one. Because at the end of the day, there's hope for each football team in that division. There's hope for the Giants, there's hope for the Washington football team, and there's hope for the Dallas Cowboys. There's hope. As sad as I say, there's hope. And it leads us to our final statement. Our final point of this show I like this, man. This show has no commercials. Actually, pretty good. Um, we're gonna getting we're getting back to our commercial um, next week. Hopefully, I'm sorry. I, I I was 
we're having trouble with the internet and our sponsors so that's why there's no commercial so uh, hopefully the this gets resolved next week but hey let's go back to let's get ready to the final point so we have the Dolphins winners of five in a row um, I'm sorry um, come again they're winners of five in a row I thought you said did you just say the Dolphins? Yeah. The Dolphins have won five games in a row. Are you kidding me? Whoever thought about that, ladies and gentlemen. So, Tua Tagovailoa has started three games. Three games, ladies and gentlemen. And he's won them, all three of them. The Dolphins made a decision. That it was time for Tua to become the starting quarterback of this football team. Because of the struggles of Ryan Fitzpatrick. They were winning games, don't get me wrong. But they weren't winning games because of... Um, they weren't winning the games because of, uh, you know... Ryan Fitzpatrick, they were winning because of their defense was actually playing better than ever. I'm just really shocked at where this is going. I never thought that that I would see the Dolphins anywhere in the conversation of being with the Bills for the NFC AFC East. And it looks like Tua Tagovailoa was a great football pick. For the Miami Dolphins. Maybe finally they found the quarterback they needed since Dan Marino. I mean, it's been so long. You know, after so many years of quarterback search for Dan Marino's replacement. And all of a sudden now they have Tua Tagovailoa, this left-handed quarterback. Who can run, who can pass. Maybe you can call him the next Steve Young. Let's not get too excited there, Dolphin fans. But he's playing pretty good. Tua for real? Absolutely. Why not? Why can't we just say that Tua Tagovailoa is actually a good football player? Why can't they say that this team is really, really good? So at the end of the day, we just have to wait and see where this is all going. Got to make a decision, and they did make a decision, and it was to pick up Tua Tagovailoa, and it was the best decision this football team ever made. Now they're pretty much in the driver's seat. They got Denver next week. It's going to be an exciting game. I mean, Denver really got spanked against the Raiders. And um, so we'll see where this goes. I mean, I'm excited to see Tua more and more. I'm excited to see him in, you know, in my station next uh, next Sunday. And um, we'll just have to see where it goes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as we're closing, we're going to answer the top three questions of today. And then we're closing our... Our gates. So let's see the top three questions. 
of the day. Chris, you talk about the Dolphins with Tua being the next Dan Marino or Steve Young. Uh, where do you see the Dolphins going? Uh, they still have to face the Bills again. They still have to um, close out. I mean, they can go far with Tua, but I cannot answer that question just yet. I mean, he looks like he can be a great football player, but at the end of the day, uh, it all comes down to what Tua is going to do. So, it all depends on what he's going to do. So, he's a great football player. Don't get me wrong. He's fast. He's furious. Um, he can throw. He can sling it. He can run it. Um, and, you know, this is the new generation of f football uh, quarterback, you know, running quarterbacks. We used to just have pocket passers and everything. Now, you know, the NFL has transcended to a more passing uh, football, but then all of a sudden they start getting all these quarterbacks in the NFL draft that are running the football, and they're pretty darn good. So we'll see. Chris, as the Raiders spank the Broncos, where do you see the Raiders uh, getting anywhere near Patrick Mahomes in their league? Uh, they're a really good football team. Uh, they already proven that early in the year when they beat Mahomes in Kansas City. So now the Raiders are playing the Chiefs in las vegas so um you know they're a good football team they run the football their west coast offense is really hot and john gruden um the one thing that we haven't seen the raiders at all uh done in so many years has been score more than 30 points now here we are you know john gruden he got rid of Khalil Mack and everybody was calling him Artard and everything and then all of a sudden here he is with uh, new you know he got draft picks and everything and he made those draft picks work and I'm really excited where this is going because it's getting really really good so I I I would say that they're getting they're in their league I mean they're the only team that actually can duke it out with him but we've also talked about teams like the Steelers you know so anywhere uh we, we just have to wait and see until Sunday uh Chris with the loss to the Patriots where do you see Lamar Jackson uh against your team next Sunday oof well I'm excited for the defense uh to play big time uh against him like they did in January um one of these teams have to really redeem themselves because um as for the Ravens they thought they were gonna beat the Patriots and just get you know just destroy them and everything and just get ready for a revenge game now they gotta work on what they did wrong in Sunday and work on it in practice and then get ready for Derrick Henry so Derrick Henry is coming next Sunday in Maryland he did came in um, in January and was basically what you saw so Ravens need to get ready to play strong football against that big monster of Henry and we'll see where it goes all right ladies and gentlemen that's all for today we'll see y'all next Monday um, be safe. God bless y'all and stay tuned and love y'all.